this was a hard one with my sister, guys. If you see me a little awkward, sweating, mumbling, <laughs> interrupting, I, uh, I've never had to do this with a family member, but it was great. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Iris Global Green Room podcast. We are here live. We are back. We are live in the studio. Uh, this week I have a guest that I'm just beginning to get to know, um, you know, on a heart level. <laughs> so heart don't, heart. don't do Let's that. Let's have a heart Just stop. Heart. So you don't do that. Uh, this is uh, Emmeline Hart. Uh, one might notice that we <laughs> share the same last name. One might also notice that. Uh, do we look like? I don't know. Do we? People say we do. Maybe. Um, Emmeline is head of. Family Care for All of Iris Global, which is a pretty big deal. So your job is to take care of missionaries, make sure that the family is being cared for. And uh, she's also my sister. Uh, older or younger? We'll, we'll let them just... She's older. I, they don't need to decide. I can tell them. <laughs> uh, older sister, just by a little bit. And uh, yeah, so we work together. You were a missionary. Just a little brief overview, just to get the, the wet the whistle, one might say. <laughs> For the, this is going to be a fun interview. Yeah, uh, I don't do, I don't do this with go. family. I don't. No, is this the first Is this time? the first? It's our first time doing it for sure. Oh, okay. But well, you guys are going to come on a journey with us <laughs> as we journey together. So, uh, M, M was a missionary in Mozambique for 13 years, 12, 13, give or take. Yeah, about. And, uh, <clears throat> and then a few years back, just a few, just recently uh, moved off the field living here in Reading and uh, managing the team. How are you, Em? What's going on? I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah, I am. So why did you force me to do this interview with you? Like, what <laughs> What was behind it? Did you just want notoriety on well, the web? I wanted on the a internet? little bit of the spotlight, really. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, when you were like begging, hey, Will, bring me on your, your podcast. Yeah, I remember that vividly, um, that yeah. begging session. Uh, the goal was to... Edify yourself, bring glory Absolutely. to your name. Okay, well, Absolutely. let's. We're off. That's... We're off on the wrong. We're off. On, we're not. Yes. We're not doing this well. No. Rewind. Re reverb. Reverb it, and uh, let's go. Uh, so you are. You currently run, and you take care of the Iris missions team and ministry team. Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> sort of. Um, First of all, up into this, yeah. Okay. You can pull it towards you. It's got a thing. It makes I want to lean back. And, okay. Um, yeah, I have really the privilege of running with all of our missionaries, all of our leaders around the globe um, with an amazing team. I don't do this by myself at all. I have an amazing team. And our job is to support them. What do they need to uh, be effective and healthy and thrive on the field so that they can uh, do what the Lord has called them to do. And that's really the heart behind Iris Family Care is that we support every member member of the Iris Global family. Okay, so yeah. let's let's do this because I think when people think of Iris, right, they think about who we are, what we do. What I would like for you to do is paint a picture of how it works. Like why would we have family care? Aren't they off just on their own? Do we control all of our bases, like well, I would like maybe take a moment, paint a picture for the average listener. It's been running with Iris for years mm -hmm. and paint a picture on how it's set up. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> go for it. No, give it a go. Um, I think we're trying to figure that out mm -hmm. even now as we grow and we, and we change. Um, but we are a network of 
lots several locations, and each one is run independently. Um, we don't have that like authority supervision over each of those locations. So, um, what we what family care does is provide a support to them, not mm -hmm. at all a control, and with that location leader, um, hopefully complementing what they're doing to take care of missionaries. This is great. Okay. Why? So why is it set up that way instead of like the, like how most people would think like you would tell them what to do? Well, that's not how we're set up as an organization. Mm -hmm. We're not a, uh, a very centralized traditional sending organization. Mm -hmm. um, so compared to, as you've looked at different organizations, like compared to, you know, I don't know, uh, YWAM, we look similar or compared to the navigators, like which yeah. as you've been studying this and we're developing how we take care of our, our network yeah. or our group. It's not a network. It's just a, our family, our family. Uh, how, how is that a train? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I did uh, a few years ago when I was just learning about member care is what it's called in the missions world. Right. We call it family care. Um, I went to a training and the, the the host of that made a comment to me like, oh, you have a pretty unique organization and it's going to be kind of <laughs> tough to figure out how to provide member care because we don't have that traditional right. centralized structure. Right. Um, top down. Top down. Right. No. Yeah. It's people are really free to run and and do the ministry that the Lord's called them to do. So we're trying to figure out the best way to provide care for that. Um, within our unique structure. Right. So as we're figuring it out, right, you get put in this role right around the same time that I got put in the role. Yeah. Right. So you become head of family care. We don't even know fully what that means. <sighs> Leif Hedlund. Okay. So is, as far as the structure goes of Iris, we're, we're an organization of like loose, uh, we're, a, we are a loose knit organization of, 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 of a family. We, we don't look at ourselves as just authoritative, right? Where everybody fits in a box. I love that about Heidi and Roland. They're run yeah. free. Go do what's yeah. on your heart. And you get put in the place to, man <laughs> to manage those hearts. Not manage. Manage is the right word. To encourage, yeah. to help in the best way that we can, those hearts. And you're basically creating this from the ground up. Yes. So like you said, we got put in the... This our roles about the same time, mm -hmm. or offered our roles about the same time. And when I was originally offered this uh, this role, VP of, of Family at the mm -hmm. time, and we've since changed it to VP of Community, it, it was to take care of uh, children and families that we minister to. So you're thinking okay. nationals in the countries where we're located, um, speaking into best practices about how to care for children yeah. and things like that. I didn't quite understand what that meant or what that would look like. And during that conversation with Heidi about this job, I said to her, oh, but you have it. What about taking care of our Iris family? Like, is that part of it? And and she said, oh, yeah, go for it. And at the time. <laughs> I didn't know that that's how this morphed, but yeah. Yeah. Go, and yeah. I actually said, I brought that up and I said, why don't you, um, <laughs> why don't you give that job to these people? And she right. said, oh, no, no, you do that and bring them on. And I did. I brought, brought them onto yeah. the team and they are running it. So I that was not a premeditated pre comment. It just came out. And so what from there. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. From there, sorry. 
I just dove into after I kind of wondered why did I say that? <laughs> what does that look like? And really started Googling, how do you take care of missionaries? <laughs> like, you guys, I don't have a background in this. I don't have, outside of being, at that point, being a missionary for about 10 years, and didn't even know that that really was my heart, um, I just kind of dove into researching what that looked like, what are, and jumped into some trainings, and I'm still learning quite a lot. Right. Um, so that's how I. So as you as you've done this, what are some of the things that that we were just lacking that 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 <clears throat> that we've begun to put in place to help help our teams out around the world? Um, what are some of the things that you just have immediately begun to set into motion? Well, we we were lacking much, unfortunately. <laughs> but what we first did was really strengthened our communication with mm -hmm. our locations. We did have that. There was an effort towards that. We brought in. Um, a, a team that that was their focus was mm -hmm. to communicate with locations, build relationship, and then also it's not just us. It's not just Iris Global's, you know, family care team that can right. pour into locations. They can support each other. They're they are their best support is the uh, children's center director in Malawi can better support um, in some ways the children's mm -hmm. center director in Argentina, right. you know, than I can. Mm -hmm. So we, we really made an effort to increase communication of our, of our team amongst, with our locations and then with each other doing gatherings, yeah. um, creating ways for them to communicate like our WhatsApp group. Sort of silly, but yeah. it really helps. It's amazing. I, I used it to, like release some uh, news throughout all of our leaders. Yep. Like those, that, that communication is so important. Yep. One of the things that you did, you just mentioned it. And when, when I came on, you and I started dreaming, we said, we have to do uh, all Iris gathering, right? Like mm -hmm. one, we were, we were going to try to do it once a year where we just bring the whole crew together. We realized yep. that's very hard because we're spread yep. out around the globe. Yeah. And, uh, and so we switched to every other year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. If I, I don't know if this is interesting to people, but I think this is this actually shows the what's going on behind the scenes, right? Behind the logo, as as yeah. you see all these yeah. people working. Because uh, what Emmeline really is doing is she's pastoring, like she's trying to pastor a group of crazy pioneers in yeah. in one sense, and I, it's incredible such a unique, uh, yeah, yeah, incredible. It's such a unique job. Um, and so we, we realize that we need to bring people together, right? Like we're stronger when we're together, mm -hmm. especially if there isn't that top down, like we're telling everybody what to do, there, that time of gathering and being family, yeah. being a community, encouraging each other was so important. So, uh, all Iris gathering, yep. which has been every other year. <clears throat> yep. And we, in the off years we do, we shoot to do regional gatherings. Yeah. So talk about, talk about those two things and why, yeah. And how, and how those play out. Yeah. So gatherings are such a, I think such an important part of our Iris family mm -hmm. life and culture um, because it does it, it brings people together it gives them a, a pause from what they're doing on the field so hopefully that yeah. during that time they're filled and refreshed yeah. they hear um, teaching and vision and encouragement from each other and from our leadership, um, it, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, right. You oh, can speak to that. We do fun. <laughs> I got videos of Heidi playing dodgeball. I think yes. they've gone up. They've gone yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. We do fun, and we have taken cornhole as like the national sport of Iris mm. and our bases, and we <laughs> yes. challenge each other, and it gets pretty competitive. It does. And I, I bring cash, right? 
you you can get a missionary. (laughs) You wave a couple hundred bucks, and man, those nice, sweet, soft missionaries become like pit bulls and competitive. It is so it's one of my favorite things to do. It's a lot of cash prizes, and um, so yeah, fun fellowship, worship, Mm -hmm. um, ministry, and also we we try, especially at our larger annual um, global gatherings. Rather, we try and do some teaching on. Pertinent top, topics right. to them. So leadership, leadership, um, um, community, finance, yep. co- conflict resolution, communication, anything that that we feel like would be a good um, that they're asking for or we're noticing would be a healthy topic to discuss. So those are and usually those gatherings are about a week, mm-hmm. um, and we do those and we hope to have as many of our family leaders and missionaries come to those yeah. as possible. Our last one, because of COVID, got shut down. Yeah. We were going to do it here in Reading. <laughs> um, but we did, we shifted. Yeah. We shifted. We did an yeah. all online yeah. Iris gathering. <clears throat> and uh, it was so, it was, it, it really was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, we did games, Iris games, where we competed bases yeah. against each other. And it's amazing. Like, you, if the bases don't want to opt in, they don't, you know, they don't have to. But mm-hmm. uh, to see the creativity, mm-hmm. like, we, just so you guys understand, like we did, we did some stuff like, hey, uh, bake an, a, a local dish, right, mm-hmm. uh, and have your local staff yep. judge it. The videos, the editing, yeah. like, and maybe we can even throw up a couple That's snippets of of that because people they only yeah. see the outside ministry stuff. They don't realize that we have people on our team that were like acrobats yeah. in the circus. We have people <laughs> that like yeah. were professional. In doing so basketball too. players, like we have people that were professional musicians before, and they've they're they're yeah. laying that all Artists down. So it was just and, over the top. Yeah, and the beauty of those games too was also that it in the in the midst of a pretty stressful year, mm-hmm. right? Twenty twenty was yeah. pretty intense, and especially for our locations, as so many of them also went into lockdown and had to pivot all of their activities. Um, it gave such an outlet for them to unify and have Mm -hmm. fun together and kind of pause from that chaos. And then they shared that all with us in their submissions and everyone got to see each other's submissions. It was so much fun. We judges that, that judged all those submissions and we came out with winners, which was pretty hard in the end to decide. So, (laughs) so just so you guys know, like I, we, we, uh, almost all the stuff they were talking about, the cash, like all this Mm -hmm. stuff is is stuff that really people donate to us during the time. So, um, we, 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 we try to do as much as we can with as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, I, I've watched you, you really steward that so well, but people, uh, they, they came in and they helped out. I had one, one amazing donor heard about it and he's like, here, I'll give five grand for the cash, for the cash prize. So, so they, the winners actually walked away with, I mean, potentially months and months worth yeah. of, yeah. worth of operating costs and. They bought vehicles. Yeah. What, did, what did the winner do? The last one? Did they? they well, it they, all. In Port au Prince. They had a few weeks previous to the, or during that gathering, they had met a woman who had been by chance, mm-hmm. by the Lord, uh, who had been in a pretty serious accident, and they helped her to the hospital. So they used their entire prize money <laughs> to pay for her hospital, her operation and hospital services. They're amazing. The, yeah. So, so you get to hear frontline best stories, the hardest stories as well, right? What is what have been some of the highlights since you've come on? The stuff that you've seen, like what are some of the highlights of the last five years as you've come on? 
Uh, highlights. I think anytime you hear a testimony of of the Lord breaking into a desperate situation, any salvation is mm -hmm. always precious. Um, I can think of one location that is really going after just evangelism right now. They had they've pivoted from different you know programs that maybe were feeding programs or yeah. education programs, and they're really going after evangelism and seeing so many people saved and set free and just baptized. And that yeah. that I love. I love that, the simplicity of yeah. that so much. And on the other side of the globe, the testimonies of multiplication. We have mm -hmm. one, I think this was in the past year, um, one of our locations was handing out toothbrushes in the village, just as, and toothpaste, at the, you know, and, and they multiplied. They really? didn't have enough. I, haven't, I didn't hear this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it, we yeah. have a few, multi where was this? That was in northern Madagascar. Oh, I do remember that. And she yes. didn't have enough for all the, and they just kept handing just them kept out, hanging kept them. handing until every house in that village um, received one, a toothbrush and it's toothpaste. Crazy. It's crazy. So I love those really beautiful, simple stories of the gospel yeah. in action. There's so many, we have so many amazing uh, missionaries on the ground, mm -hmm. leaders, and it's not just, you know, it's not just the leaders, but there's also, you know, there's missionaries underneath them. And, mm -hmm. How, do you do you get involved with the with the lead, like a base leaders missionaries or are you more like hands off for those guys those guys take care of them you're mostly taking care of leaders or are you are you like doing whatever you can to help everyone yeah truthfully we're still trying to figure that out a bit um, we primarily primarily interact with leaders, but we say to those leaders, listen, we have access to different services mm -hmm. for yourself and for your team so if you're if you have someone on your team that needs support. We, we'll do whatever we can to help them yeah. and complement what you're doing to care for them. It is, it is so important that leaders care for their missionaries as yeah. well. So we don't want to come in and um, provide a way that would replace that care, right. but how can we support you in caring for your missionary? And we do have resources like connection to counseling or professional services that they may not be able to have um, themselves. So we, but we, I it's okay for a missionary on their own to reach out to us yeah. as well. Chances are, if that happened, I would then contact their leader, talk to them about discussing that yeah. with their leader first. So, so. You, we, we, we hear the good, but we all, you also deal with a lot of garbage. And you hear a lot, you witness a lot, you get involved in some pretty crazy situations. You know, going from a missionary, full-time missionary, to actually really seeing a lot of the chaos. Like, we have missionaries that have, you know, been attacked. We have missionaries mm -hmm. that have been, you know, marriages are falling apart. Mm -hmm. we, we just in everything in between, everything in between. How have you made that transition from, man, I'm just a mission. I'm just a missionary, you know, mom on the field to now you're speaking into some really chaotic situations where we have to get people re like real help. What's that? Yeah. What's that been like? Well, I think I carry my experience on mm -hmm. the field into this role, which was incredible, but also not easy. Yeah. I was attacked on the field. Or oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I totally forgot about it. You, you can't show people. No, I'm not going to show. M has a, uh, has like a three inch, four inch scar on her, on her shoulder. Yeah. My arm. Well, yeah. She doesn't tell the story well, uh, but <laughs> you want to tell the story? Because you've experienced. I know. I, I guess I don't tell it well, but I don't. 
So M was this. I don't know why I'm smiling. I, I know, just know it was that afterwards. Brutal. You were there. Oh, you I was weren't. There. Th- I'm sorry. You there. weren't there. Which incidentally, like we served together on the field yeah. for a few years. We did. <laughs> we did. Uh, Which was fun. And we got some stories too. But M was walking between uh, our 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 old base and our new base, which is maybe, I don't know, 15 minute walk. Yeah. And uh, like you said, you said like clouds got dark. Yeah, it was, it was, it it, was a bizarre situation. Explain, tell the story. Um, I was walking with another missionary between our bases. Um, It was still light enough to walk. We weren't supposed to walk in the dark and we knew we'd make it, but a storm rolled in and the sky got really dark, really fast. It just started pouring rain and we were both, um, attacked by a few guys that were walking at that same time. Four guys? I think it was three. Okay. Um, And it happened very quickly. I had a bag, so they wanted the bag. And in that process, I got cut. Um, Yeah, you're not telling the story. (laughs) You took out a knife. They sliced her open. So, yeah. uh, uh, On her arm. And uh, I think... They they were trying to get your purse off. I'm like apologetic for them. I think they were trying to get their bag off and... Uh, I didn't even notice that, though, until m- several minutes after. When it was over and we were continuing our walk, I didn't mm-hmm. even notice that I'd been cut and, in the moment. And the other missionary, she was pushed she, down. Yeah, she, yeah, she just got pushed down. She didn't have anything on her, so mm-hmm. they didn't really care, I think. Yeah, and and so then you went to the hospital, yeah. and they, like, stitched you up over a trash can with, like, fish yeah. and wine. Yeah, that yeah. was a pretty surreal experience. It was my first – I was – maybe six weeks onto the mission field. Like really? It was I had, that early? Yeah, I had just arrived. I was barely, like, there's so much going on in that transition to the field. And so it was it was definitely a surreal. My first time going to the hospital, this is a third world, kind of what I would call a bush hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, they stitched my arm up over a open trash can and... <laughs> I yeah. never had stitches before. I'd never had really had any experience in life that was remotely traumatic. Right. So I got all those in well, my first year on the field. And you, you've you told me, you know, like that that was a major fear that you had. Like you never wanted, you know, getting attacked, yeah, getting yeah, overwhelmed. And that took place within six weeks. And then yeah. if, if you don't mind me going even a little bit further, um, within a year, or within a year, you went through one of the most traumatic things I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I had a few. Yeah. You had a bunch in that yeah. first year um, where basically you, you raised a baby. Mm-hmm. And is it okay if we talk about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, you okay. can talk about it. Because uh, when you first came on, you were in charge of... Yeah, so I moved to Pemba to, to help develop their infant housing, their, mm-hmm. what we call the baby house. But it was really kids zero to four or five. They yeah. wanted to start taking in, being able to take in infants. So I went mm-hmm. to develop that house, kind of train up that staff, get them ready to take infants. And in the first two or three weeks of arriving, we ha- we got our first baby who was less than a day old. And, and the house wasn't yet ready to take those infants, yeah. so they lived with me. Um, the baby you're referring to Lori. is Lori. Mm-hmm. She came, I think, three or three months. She arrived maybe in March. I got there in January, so um, she was very malnourished. Two point two pounds. Yeah, some yeah, six yeah. weeks old. Yeah. Um, she had been living off of a mixture of corn flour and water mm-hmm. and sugar for her first six weeks of her life. So um, she came and 
she lived with me for a few months and she got healthy mm -hmm. and fattened up beautifully and yeah. Uh, so it was right about the eight, I think the eight month mark. Uh, yeah. Eight month. Yeah. Moosey was pregnant with Josh. So no, no, no. Josh, Josh was a baby. It was November. Okay. Or was, I, Lori came in. In March. Before well, Yeah, Josh while Moosey was, was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And then so Lori was the baby. I, I learned yeah. how to do a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, she was, was with so us all with the us time. All she time. lived with me for... I think six or nine months, yeah. six, and uh, she was part of the family. Yeah, and woke up, and she had died in her mm -hmm. sleep. Yeah, and uh, that was we we prayed for her, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah. for a couple hours. Um, and I remember it was it was one of the hardest moments I had ever gone mm -hmm. through, just personally. Watching you go through it was even yeah. more so. And so you had you got attacked. You you invested your life into a baby for I think it was eight months, six, Gosh, six seven, believe. eight months. I think it's eight months. Yeah, at least six months. Um, and and loved her as your own. Yeah, she dies un, like totally unexpectedly. Totally like dies unexpectedly. You had those two major major things, and I, most people would have left the field, um, and you stayed. What what yeah. what kept you? on the field? Well, I will say I didn't plan on returning. Like I didn't think that I would go back or at least I really battled with that. Go um, back where? Go back to? Go back to Pemba. Okay. Or, so uh, Lori passed away and then about five weeks later, we went home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, I think one thing that was really crucial for that, that helped me return was I started my healing process there. So the trauma happened, I didn't flee. Or I didn't like remove myself from it. I started that healing process on the um, field. On the field. I How think did you do that? Work? I don't have like evidence or research to back that. That's my <laughs> thought that there's something really significant about working through that that trauma right. in the place that it happened with the community that it happened to. Because it affected me for sure, but it affected so many people. Mm -hmm. You, oh my God. Um, I yeah. mean, the, there was a lot of mourning that happened. So I was given space to mourn. Oh, Papa and, Jolie, yeah. like Shara, Heidi, yeah. all of us. Like it hit our whole community. It hit the very, community very, very, really very hard. hard. Um, and even and even with Heidi. And we were all together to, to, um, to, walk through that, start that healing process together. I think, well, I will say, I don't know if you remember this, but the day after the funeral, you packed up the truck oh, and I we're remember. like, let's go. Yeah, we got to get out of here. Out of so I did have this kind of pause from the chaos mm -hmm. of this. She passed away. Two days later, we had a funeral. And then that afternoon or the next morning, we took off for a few days as a family. Yeah. Um, so I think that was really necessary, that initial break, but came back and had to work through the healing process. And I had ministry during that. There were people visiting Pemba that did ministry, prayer time with me, um, some counseling. And then I went home and had more of that. Um, and, and, and I took about three months, I think, at mm -hmm. home and decided to come back. And when I came back, I didn't want to do anything with children. I, I wasn't fully right. ready. Um, and then what happened? Uh, Natalia <laughs> arrived <laughs> right after I came back. Let's talk, let's talk about this because I know we're not going to go too deep into it, right? But you you have this crazy traumatic get get knifed, right? Mm -hmm. A few months later, 
everything that you had been pouring into mm-hmm. in Pemba, all the words, like this was something you had wanted to do your whole life, mm-hmm. right? You're doing it. Yeah. I moved to Pemba certain that this was my life. Right. Maybe not necessarily in Pemba, but missions on the field. Right. Sold out. Done. Yeah. And Lori passes. And I thought, and that was enough. Right. This I didn't sign up for this. That's what I remember. I constantly told myself I didn't sign up for this. So that was in that was um I want to say like August, September, October, something like that. And then Lori passed away in November. Yep. November. I mean, there were a series of okay. other things that happened. You, right. you know, I got sick that oh, year man. too. You got real <laughs> sick. You got really. I thought you were gonna die. Yeah. I really did. Your... I thought I thought you were gonna die. Yeah. We've all been really sick together. <laughs> it's weird being like a brother and sister. Uh, and yes, we have been we won't very, go. very, very sick around each other. All missionaries kind of experience that yeah. in some form or another. We can talk about it re- we, really yeah. freely. We won't do Amongst that. Mission, we're not going to do that on here because <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot there. But we've been really sick. She's seen me really sick. I, I've seen her really sick. I thought you were going to die. There was so much going on yeah. in those early days in Pemba. Yeah. Um, but you stayed. And then fast forward December. Was it that year or the next year, the following year? It was. Natalia. We we were home in December. Mm-hmm. I came back, I think, in March or February, yeah. and Natalia arrived in April. Okay. And um, I was still working through my that internal dialogue, mm-hmm. saying you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be working with children. You are not qualified. You to the extreme of it'll happen again. Right. You know, and so in. Um, but I, so I was given a lot of grace in that season by my coworkers and I did continue to work, but was also figuring some other things out. So, uh, Natalia arrived. She was not quite as sick as Lori was or malnourished as Lori was, but she was, yeah. it was pretty close. And my call at my co-director kind of said, you, you need to take care of this one. Who, who was that? Rabia. Oh, Rabia. Yeah. Yeah. Which was wisdom. Yes. Uh, not in, I didn't think so in that moment, and I refused, um, and she didn't give me an option. So Rabia was one of Heidi's uh, yeah. first kids yeah. that she rescued in Mozim, yeah. in, in Maputo, and, and grew up, kids of her own, leader. Yep. And, uh, and yeah. came to Pemba to mm-hmm. start that children's center mm-hmm. many years ago, and we got to do that together for years, yeah. and it was amazing. Come on. Um, so now let's just fast forward 14 years. Natalia's 14. <laughs> yes. And you adopted her? I did. Yeah. So she lived with me for six months. She got healthy, amazing, moved into our toddler house. And about a year into that of her living there, my heart was just <laughs> broken. I missed her so much and really went before the Lord and went before Heidi and my family. Yeah. Um, and oh, we had some... Hard conversations. Yeah, we yeah. did. Single mom. Yeah. What's this going to do? Yeah. St- and stuff that I'd never thought about. You know, like I, you don't, you're not, you don't just and wake I didn't up think and you're like, oh, too. I'm going to have this with my, I'm going to have this conversation with my sister today. But that's really good that we yeah. did have those because it, when you have the hard moments, you oh, can yeah. reflect on the decisions you made and how you th- thought through this as much as you're able to ahead of time. Um and that was a battle. Like that was a, an eleven-year battle of yeah. adoption. Yeah. Right. So we took we applied for adoption in that first year that she was with me. It took about a year, um, and we were denied, and the doors just closed. But she continued to live with me, mm-hmm. um, and 
it wasn't until I'm at nine years later Mm. that I was able to apply for adoption again. Uh, The doors just opened miraculously and it happened very quickly within, in like four months. Yeah. Didn't you get a word from David Wagner? I, no. forget, I, I felt like you told me story you know there was who, like a word that it came and then like all of a sudden it just happened. Um, Stacy Campbell gave me yes. a word. So this is, I love this. She, when I was um, first starting to think about that, to, am I, is what's going on in my heart, meaning I should adopt her? Is that what this right. is? I was in Asia with Stacy. I was in Indonesia and she prophesied it. And then I went from there to China and <laughs> Dina Van Hall <gasps> prophesied oh, over me about it. Yeah. And so I just took that time. And then I went from, Asia to you, to your house in... Um, Pennsylvania? No, you weren't in Pennsylvania yet, but we drove to a VOA. Oh, North Carolina. Yeah, you were in North yeah. Carolina. And we, I landed, and like a few days later, we all got in the van and drove to the VOA where we saw Heidi. So I asked, I told you about it there, yeah. and then Heidi and everyone, it just blessed that. Um, fast forward many years, the first time Natalia was able to travel with me. So the, the entire time she, those nine years before she was adopted, I still traveled a lot. Right. It was part of my job or visiting home. She wasn't able to. Um, but the first time she was able to go, we went to Indonesia and Stacy was there. Oh and so it was just a beautiful full circle. It of, was that, was it, the, I think it was that trip that Heidi asked me. No. Yeah. To, to, to step in as uh, Yes, that was the trip. That was the trip. We went to, yeah. and we went to Bali together, which mm-hmm. was beautiful too, because your kids were there. Yeah. So her first time out, she was reunited with her cousins. Mm-hmm. They hadn't seen each other since they were babies. We had time to get family time. And then. And then Heidi asked me to leave Global Awakening. <laughs> yep. And. But the and leadership. Which I know that this is the live one. So that podcast with Randy of that tension because I have, there's a podcast oh, yeah. that's either coming out or is yeah. out already of the moment when I called him in Bali and having that moment of transition. But anyway, so you guys should check that out. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it was the, one of the toughest uh, interviews I've, I've, yeah. I've ever had to do. It was the hardest, uh, one of the hardest. Um, yeah. That was before her adoption mm-hmm. and we were just able to travel. Um, and then about a year later she was adopted. And after her adoption, we, took off and yeah. just we did a lot of travel together she was free to travel with me at that point um and then felt the lord say come to reading yeah and now we're here mom and dad moved out yeah you're here natalia's here i'm yeah. here uh we're all, uh, the only one that's missing is our older sister and she's not missing she's in jackson mississippi <laughs> yep. ministering it's amazing and and i look at i look at the lord in all of it and i just go you know you we, I took off at 17. You took off. Alex, our older sister, took mm-hmm. off. I had kids on the field. We, you know, we were all away, and now <laughs> we are very much together. Yeah. And who would have thought that? I would have never thought yeah. it in a million years. We're, we're very, very, very much together. And all that time that, that was lost or people were like, you know, we're losing mm-hmm. that time. I think we, we've, we've got it mm-hmm. back it, with spades. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and mom and dad are sewn into our kids mm-hmm. now. And I love that. It's so, it's so great. I want to I want to ask you a question. What would you say to missionaries that have come off the field that have paid the price? Maybe they don't get to be with their mom and dad. Maybe they don't get, don't get to work with their amazing brother. You know, whatever it is, <laughs> like they've paid the price. They're hurting because we deal. We get a lot. We hear a lot of that. But not. I'm not just talking about from Iris. Just in the missional world, right? There's a lot of hurt. Yeah. A lot of a lot of confusion. Was it worth it? Was it not worth it? How, how would you speak to those missionaries that are off the field? Maybe they were hurt on the field. Maybe they were hurt 
coming through Iris. Maybe they didn't have a, we, no, we have, we have issues on our basis yeah. too. What would you say to them right now? Um, I think one thing I've been processing lately is what is reconciliation. And I think our primary, I'm still thinking through this, so yeah. forgive my like mumbling. <laughs> um, I haven't landed necessarily, but we have to primarily be reconciled to the Lord. That's our, so bringing that hurt and bringing that, your experience um, before the Lord mm. is so important, not letting it sit. And it it may not be that you're always resolved those matters with whoever caused them, whether it was your leader or with the organization mm. or with another person on the field, but don't ever forget to reconcile yourself to the Lord. That's the most important thing. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Um, no, it's huge. Restoration and reconciliation go hand in hand. Yeah. Right? So uh, as we deal with issues that come up, it, it isn't just restoration right. to a position. To a, or a right? person. Or, right? Yeah. It is, it, is, it is reconciliation and yeah. restoration. Those things go, go hand in hand. They work together. Yeah. Um, it, what are your goals for Iris right now? Like it, five years down the road, what, what do you want to see? Um, I, I definitely want to, what do you feel like the Lord's put on your heart for, well, I want to continue to build what we've started to build. I think we've got a lot of areas to grow in and, um, a lot of things to figure out and work out where certainly have not arrived. So what does family care look like in Iris in our unique mm -hmm. family? Um, and how do we do that with excellence, um, caring for, caring for each other? So I want to continue to do that. I want to yeah. just develop that and run with that. Um, I always ask the Lord, when, when will I get to go back to the field? That's always on my heart. Um, it's not for right now. I don't right. know, but I think down someday I'll, I'll be able to do that again. Just make sure you train up somebody first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think that's in the next couple of days, but, <laughs> or years, but I would like to do that. Okay. I have one last question. All right. Okay. This isn't, uh, this is actually something I want to just flesh out with you for a second. Okay. I travel, you travel, right? We hear things. Mm -hmm. oh, there's something that I hear constantly, which is, I want a place where missionaries can come and get restored. I want a place where missionaries can come and rest. Like people, I, I don't know about you, but I hear that from people. They have a house. They want to buy an extra house, a place yeah. for missionaries to come off the field when they're home and get refreshed. Okay. Normally that looks like, you know, come stay in my house, you know, and, and I'm going to sew into you. Mm -hmm. What is the best way? that if people have that heart to like bless missionaries, they're on the field, they, they're coming off, what do those missionaries actually want versus what people want to give them? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because like, like I have a lot, of, uh, there's people that are just, oh, they just, they're going to come and I'm just going to pray over them mm -hmm. five hours a day or whatever. Yeah. Like missionaries don't want that, yeah. right? They want to go sit in the movie theater <laughs> or, you know, like yeah, they actually they want to go shopping. Normalcy. Like it's yeah. probably better instead of buying that house that side, you know, building that addition yeah. onto your house, put them up in a fancy hotel instead mm -hmm. and give them, give them a, a thousand bucks to go buy some clothes or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Like what? I think, um, you know, I can't speak for everyone. I think missionaries are different. Right. I uh, several times worked into my transitions home, um, uh, two or three days with a friend who mm -hmm. was a missionary on the field and I would stop there first and it was a, just a buffer. It was yeah. like she understood where I was coming from. She understood my experience. So she made sure that 
I, she was there when I needed her to, to do some fun things together, to drive me. You know, I can't drive places. Mm -hmm. I don't have – she cooked for me. Like it was a – you know, as much as space as I needed, she gave. Right. And she was available for those three days whenever I needed help. So that was beautiful. And I encourage – I would definitely encourage anyone to do that, to find that place you can you can have that buffer before you go back to whatever it is you have to go back to. Most often missionaries go home because they need to visit, raise support, right. visit churches. So they hit the ground. They've left an intense right. assignment, time on the field. It's always intense. It's rarely boring. Right. If it's boring, I don't know. And then they hit the itinerary. <laughs> and then they circuit. hit, yeah. they get home and they're demanded on. Yeah. Um, speak at church, um, minister here. or right. So having, I think, giving a space for some freedom to breathe. Yeah. I think um, also just listening, mm -hmm. not giving a lot of uh, problem solving or just listen. Mm -hmm. That's a really uh, powerful tool for missionaries is debriefing, is processing, for anyone, yeah. but is processing what they experience just by being able to say their experience yeah. without um, getting analyzed or critiqued yeah. or given solutions to the problems. Yeah. Just listen. I, I One of the things that I love to do, and uh, as much as I can, is sometimes for those of you guys, you support missionaries, you have missionaries in your church, right? And you want to bless them. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to fly them home to bless them, right? Moosey mm -hmm. uh, and I have done this a bunch where we will we'll send money for a husband and wife to go out to like a fancy dinner, mm -hmm. maybe a night in a hotel, right? Like yeah. that's 200 bucks in, a, in, a, in an international, you know, in a country. And that's top of the yeah. line, right? And that $200 for that one night will go as far sometimes mm -hmm. as flying them home and yeah. getting that time off the field. And I'm just saying like, you guys get creative. These guys are giving their lives away, right? Yeah. And and nobody asks, at least in our crew, nobody's asking for anything. So if the Lord puts uh, some of these amazing servants, these sent ones on mm -hmm. your heart, just sow into them. It doesn't have to be something crazy, but... Uh, but I read recently about how there's a rise in, in missionaries taking cruise ships home, like... Oh, really? As a transition or just that that's more... Con that's happening. Not yeah. Because you get that week or that 10 days mm -hmm. where you're just waited on, essentially, yeah. where you get to have space. I think that's... Oh, we, we, had this, we had this one woman. Oh, man, I forget her name. Mar uh, Mar Marissa. Or Mar I think it's Marissa. Marissa. Marisha. <laughs> I forget. Mar yes, Marisha. Marisha. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, Marisha, if you're watching. <laughs> she would um, she would rent out the hotel like a, like a a at the Pemba Beach Hotel. Yeah. Um, and Moosey and I would go there for a weekend. Mm -hmm. And I remember those, those moments mm -hmm. as some of like the, the most refreshing. And it literally was mm -hmm. a quarter of a mile from our house. And we would go rest, relax. And it's time away. Yeah. Time, time on the beach. Yeah. Time, you know, I think one year she bought us, bought me a fishing trip, like stuff that we would have never done for ourselves yeah. that, that encouraged us and that let, let people know, uh, you know, that, that I'm sorry, that we got to know and understand that those people really cared about us. Charles mm -hmm. Stock came one year and he's like, Will, what do you need? I said, I need, uh, uh, Moosey was almost eight months pregnant. Mm -hmm. I said, I need an air conditioner. Yeah. And he bought, he just took money out, yeah. bought us an air conditioner. It was 500 bucks. It revolutionized our whole entire <laughs> yep. life. It, yep. it changed things. 
everything, that small mm-hmm. thing. So, so just uh, if I would just ask, you know, like we get to sit back and hear the amazing stories as well as so many other people. They, they yeah. hear the stories in the field, but partner with them, develop relationships yeah. with them. And even some of those guys that did those little acts, like they, they, they actually sp- still speak into my life today. Mm-hmm. And uh, building those relationships, it's going to go so far. So, uh, M, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, if people have questions, so you, you've, you've actually done a ton of research. You have, <laughs> you really have, like you've actually done a, a ton as far as uh, working with children's homes. I don't know if, I know, I know Heidi has shared it publicly, but we are actually at Iris. We're not opening up any other children's homes mm-hmm. from this, from this point on. Like it's not a part like of Like institutional care, institutional, that model. Yes. Yeah. Um, where, you know, 40 yeah. kids in a house, we're not doing that yeah. anymore. You've helped pioneer that. Yeah. You've, you've done a lot of work. And so if people want to reach out to you, maybe they're a smaller missions organization, maybe they're just a missionary loan on the field. Yeah. They want to reach out to you. How can they do that? Uh, you can contact me by email. That sounds and, so boring. <laughs> that's the best way. What about Insta? Are you Insta? Are you on Insta? I'm not. You're not? Well, it's private. Sorry. You can reach out to me. What's your email? <laughs> Emmeline H at irisglobal.org. Okay. Emmeline H at irisglobal.org. And uh, yeah, bless you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, this was a hard one with my sister, guys. If you see me a little awkward, sweating, mumbling, <laughs> interrupting. I I, uh, I've never had to do this with a family member, but it was great. Thanks for swinging in. Um, We should do this again. Um, Yeah. And, you know, maybe you could interview me. No? That was a bad suggestion. Oh, (laughs) Corey liked it. Uh, Love you guys. Bless you guys. Thank you for watching. Um, If this blesses you, just click subscribe. Click a like button. Mm -hmm. It helps us with the stuff on all the YouTubes and all the things. So do that. (laughs) And uh, we will see you again on the next Iris Global Green Room. Bless you guys. Good job.